Well, after losing to the LA Kings in embarrassing fashion, the Jets are going to have to pick themselves up and dust off all of the sadness of a disappointing uh, defeat before the Vegas Golden Knights roll into town. We'll talk about all of that on tonight's, tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Harrison Lee. I'm the host of this episode uh, of this podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'm naturally a Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on my social medias, stay up to date on the latest uh, Jets news and all of the musings around the team, because obviously, yeah, there's a lot to discuss with the Jets as of late. It's been a little bit of a uh, an interesting week in Winnipeg, if we're being honest. And we'll get into all of that on tonight's show. Before we go any further, though, I do want to uh, shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said, obviously, tonight's episode, I want to spend some time talking about uh, a couple of different fun topics. Now, the first one is that the Jets are going to be wel- welcoming in the um, the, the Vegas Golden Knights later this week. And obviously, that's going to be a tough one. I, I think uh, if we're talking about teams that Winnipeg traditionally matches up very poorly against, Vegas has to be at the top of the list. We all remember how last uh, last playoff series against Vegas went. And then, of course, we have the memories of 2017-2018. Try to forget it. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't. Uh, it still keeps me up at night sometimes thinking about how the Jets were this friggin' close to winning a cup. And unfortunately, that just, uh, yeah, that all went to pot, didn't it? But last year, Winnipeg had a couple of decent uh, games against Vegas. And then the playoffs rolled around and we saw Winnipeg do really well in the first game on the road. And then everything after that was pretty much disaster. Not everything Winnipeg could control, but for the most part, just a really poor performance because Vegas was just flat out deeper and better. This year, the Jets maybe have a better chance of matching up against this Knights team, but the problem is is now they're down Velarde. And um, as of this recording, it's not been announced what Velarde's injury is. We'll know a little bit later. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not long-term, the problem is, is if Velarde has any sort of tissue damage or, or anything with like a ligament uh, tear, which would be pretty bad if we're being honest, they're not going to be able to do that until um, they can take him to a, a medical facility with an MRI. So cross your fingers, hope that the damage is not too bad, but I got to be honest, uh, anything with your, your knee can be really, really problematic. And it's really unfortunate because Velarde was starting to heat up. He looked really good on that first line with Connor and Shifley. And now the Jets are down one of their new star players. So that, yeah, that kind of bites. Vegas, for its part, is one of those teams that I think is on paper, not a team that you would think overwhelms opponents. You look at the way that their lines are arranged, and they have tons of, of really good talent. but Again, 
it's a strange team because you look at it and you wouldn't think that it rules all four lines against opponents. But so far, Vegas is 3-0. and um, They've been really good. They're playing Dallas, as again, as of this recording. I have to do this episode a little bit earlier just because um, I won't be around Wednesday evening. But until then, like, let's just assume Vegas, even if they lose tonight's game, they're still, you know, three and one at least, right? And with the lineup that that we're seeing here, Barbashev, Eichel, and Marchessault as your first line, Cotter, St- Stevenson, and Stone as your second, Howden, Carlson, and Amadio as your third, and uh, Carrier, Wah, and Colasar as your third, or as your fourth line, you look at this group, and it's kind of interesting. There's a nice balance, I would say, where you have, roughly speaking, a star player who creates matchup uh, problems on each line. For the fourth line, you might say, well, who is that? And for me, it's actually Nicolas Waugh. Waugh is really talented and perhaps a little bit underappreciated. Moving up the lineup, you can obviously tell, like, you know, the third line is going to be Bill Carlson. He's maybe not the most elite scorer, but he's still a pretty solid creator. And again, as like a third liner that you roll out there, Howden has seemingly done well with him. Uh, Amadio has found a role. So as like a four checking line that can score, pretty good unit. The second line uh, really is kind of the Mark Stone show, right? Stevenson has really gelled with him, but Stone could probably make me look good, and I don't even skate. So, yeah, I I think Chandler has kind of been an interesting player because when he was with Washington, it never really seemed like he would, you know, I guess, transform into this top six center. And honestly, away from Stone, I don't know if he'd be able to do the same level of production that he does now, but he's really carved out a role. His skills fit perfectly with Mark, and they have great chemistry. And of course, who can even forget Eichel, right? Jack has really stepped up to the plate. He's become the number one breadwinner here for Vegas, and he anchors a really good line with Barbashev and Marcheseau that, you know, unsurprisingly has been uh, on fire to start the season again. They just always seem to be good. And like you look at the defense, right? And you've got McNabb and Theodore as your first pairing, Hag and Korchak as your second, and Hutton and uh, Pashal, I think is how you pronounce the, the um, I probably just butchered that, uh, as your third pairing. So, you know, obviously some of the depth players here are not like crazy, crazy, but you've got such good players in Hag and Theodore that it might not really matter. <laughs> um The whole thing with this team is that they're very fast, very mobile, and they have a lot of transition ability and skill to move the puck. So the Jets are going to have to really try and figure out a way to slow their momentum. Now, for Winnipeg's part, they do have uh, a better lineup this year at matching pace. That's one of the big issues in the past that really hurt Winnipeg against Vegas. But this year, they're going to have more speed and more skill. The problem is, is now they're down Velarde, so somebody from the bottom six is probably going to have to get a promotion. And I suppose if you're looking for somebody to move up, you've got a couple of options. If you look at maybe the second line, you could do uh, Niederreiter or Ehlers. Um, but if you're looking at other options, I could see Ayafalo perhaps getting a boost. Uh, I would say Niederreiter is my most preferred option. I think uh, Niederreiter has really good complementary skills. I think he's shown some promise with Shifley previously. And, uh, you know, that's just something for me that given the options, is it ideal? No, but is it probably better than the alternatives? Maybe. Uh, I, I really don't think that there's great options here. And again, this is not, you know, the most exciting promotion, but I think it would do the trick in a pinch for at least a few games. 
I'd imagine Gustafson will draw back into the lineup. Maybe Kupari gets moved to wing. Um, obviously, somebody's going to have to get moved up uh, at least the line. Pretty much everyone is going to have a uh, at least one player promoted from each group. One one lineup. We'll see who gets bumped up. I think we could see Baron maybe moved up a little bit. We could also perhaps see Nemesnikov moved up to the, the middle six. That certainly has been an area that he has featured a lot. So, yeah. Um, after the Kings game, I'm not even, not even going to bother with the prediction because that was a complete disaster and all the stuff that I thought was going to happen didn't. So <laughs> what's the point, right? But all I can say is I hope the Jets have a better performance because uh, based on the attendance in the arena on on Tuesday, people are not real happy with the team. And I want to spend some time talking about that because it's a huge problem, especially if it continues uh, for the rest of the season. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Buying tickets, especially for you know sports events or, or concerts, shouldn't be as much of a pain in the butt as it is. But Y'all know how it works. You've probably used plenty of services out there, and you might have gotten taken to the cleaners when it came to prices, fees, surprise add-ons, and just about everything in between. And by the time you buy those tickets, you know, a lot of the times you don't even really have a great idea of where you're actually sitting in the venue. You might see a seat map. You might think, well, I've got a seat somewhere in that section, but do you even know what your view is like? A lot of you might actually have obstructed views, and that's where Game Time is here to help. They offer last-minute tickets, flash deals, and the best prices in the industry, also giving you an in-venue seat view so you know exactly what you're paying for. They want to help you save money and find the lowest-cost uh, tickets in the industry, lowest price guaranteed, or you know you get your money back, right? They want to make sure that you... Um, have all of these stuff and all the tools that you need. They have, you know, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more. So if you're ready to get started, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I also wanted to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your car or vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or get your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these uh, thoughts on Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, I uh, thank, so, thank you so much for rejoining us as we talk about uh, a bit of a problem that's starting to pop up with the Jets. Obviously, I'm not just talking about on-ice stuff. I'm also talking about off-the-ice and the attendance because uh, last Tuesday, the attendance for Winnipeg's game was 11,000. 
226, if I recall correctly. That is, as far as anyone knows, um, the lowest pre uh, or like like lowest non-pandemic restricted crowd the Jets have ever had. We've obviously seen Winnipeg not have uh, crowds at all, but this, in terms of like an unrestricted audience in Canada Life Center, is completely shocking. Four thousand empty seats is almost unheard of in Winnipeg. That just doesn't happen. I mean, even with ticket sales declining over the past couple of years, for that attendance to be that low and also to have relatively low attendance for a home opener over the past weekend, there are real big warning flags for this franchise. And I think it speaks a lot to how fans feel about the team right now. Even with the Shifley and Hellebuck extensions, even with the Dubois trade, people are still not really willing to spend on the team. And let's be honest, right? The ticket prices in Winnipeg are not cheap. The Jets have tried to do a lot to offer more uh, family-friendly packages and stuff and, and budget-friendly packages. But by the same token, it's still expensive to go up to the rink. And, you know, with inflation and bills continuing to climb, people just don't have that much cash to spend uh, on, on hockey tickets. And I think the bigger problem is that Let's say you have the money, right? Look at this franchise in the direction that it's been going over the past few years. Do you really feel like as a fan, you want to spend money on the Jets? I think a lot of people have kind of felt turned off by it. And I think what really pushed people over the edge last year was, you know, right before the playoffs, we had that weird forever Winnipeg campaign. You notice they have not really mentioned it since then. I think they kind of got the message that we were all a little bit pissed about being threatened that the team might be relocated. So at least they recognize that that was a huge mistake. But all the season ticket holders that have been irritated over the past few years and have kind of been, I'd say, maybe teetering on the edge of not renewing, I think that probably kind of sealed the deal. I think a lot of fans took personal offense to that, especially with you know how much the fans have invested into the Jets over the years. To, to, to have that threat kind of lorded over them, whether it is honestly a legit concern or not, it doesn't really matter. The fans are going to see that as you know, a huge slap in the face, especially for all the support that the team has gotten from Winnipeg. You know, it's it's just not really the kind of messaging that you would want to send, especially before the playoffs. That was kind of the most galling thing is that they put that out right before the Jets took on Vegas and then, you know, promptly lost in like five games. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think what we're seeing now, especially this season, is kind of a reflection of how fans really feel and, and assess the value of the team at. People are unhappy, they don't like the direction, and they feel like the Jets have basically been spinning wheels for years, and this season is going to be no different. I'm going to say I'm more optimistic than a lot of these folks, but I'm also not somebody who you know, has routinely been a season ticket holder or anything. I've only been able to go to a couple of Jets games in my lifetime so far. Uh, granted, they were really amazing games, but you know, for the folks who are, are you know, lifers, right, and who are at the rink every other day, you know, what incentive is there? And I think that has kind of been a question that's weighed upon a lot of folks who are trying to save some money and cut down costs, especially with the fact that, you know, everything else is very expensive right now. Jets tickets are not cheap. And Winnipeg just doesn't really seem to get the message. But I think they are now. I think if any time, uh, you know, was enough to really push their marketing department in the right direction. I think this is probably it. I think I'm sure fan relations is probably looking at this. I'm sure all the season ticket staff is looking at this and everyone is probably starting to panic. Uh, the fact that the attendance has been so low recently is, I mean, yeah, 
it's a shot across the bow and it's definitely something that the jets have got to work on because if this continues the whole threat of relocation is going to be a lot more realistic than you know we'd probably care to admit so all I can say is the vibes in Winnipeg right now, um, <laughs> they don't appear to be great. Just three games into the season, there's already a lot of stuff that's that's kind of going wrong. There's some serious adversity. And it's a shame because like the first couple of games, the Jets really showed some promise. And I think that team is still there. Uh, we'll see how they handle the loss of Velarde, but I still think that this team has plenty to work with to be really fun this year. But They've got to kind of get past some of these early hurdles and get themselves back into game shape before, you know, the rest of the season kind of gets away from them. So cross your fingers that the Jets can turn it around. I do want to talk about, you know, the potentially topsy-turvy nature of the season and, you know, whether the Jets are well-equipped to handle it and how they can handle it better in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. Mark Shifley scores a hat trick. The Jets win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey with the Sleeper app. All of these things are possibilities, right? Things that could happen this season. But to have a chance at winning big, you have got to play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially for Daily Fantasy Hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. With studs like Kale McCarr, Mark Shifley, Patrick Laine, McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, you name it, all you've got to do is pick more or less uh, stats for these stars. They track everything from goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and so much more. So obviously for you Jets fans, this might be a great opportunity to bet on the number of saves Hellebuck is going to make this year, or maybe over-unders for the number, uh, more or less for uh, you know the number of goals Shifley is going to finish the campaign with. No matter what, though, you can get 100 times your payouts with sleepers. So start paying attention and get your picks right because you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions to apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL for a $100 match. See sleepers terms of use for details. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us in tonight's closing uh, thoughts for this episode as we talk about what could be a bit of an up and down season for the Jets, right? It, it's already started off a little bit rocky. Winnipeg is one and two, uh, and now they have to face the Vegas Golden Knights, who are seemingly on a rampage to start the year. Um, they are currently losing to Dallas right now, but Still, you know, even if they fall in this game, it's going to be like a three and one record for them. And Vegas has looked every much every bit the uh, the champion that they were last year. Right. They're deep. They're fast. They're skilled and they can overwhelm just about any opponent because they have good depth. They have skilled puck movers and they have guys who have really good complementary skills backed up by a pretty decent coaching staff. So. It's a lot to ask of the Jets to compete with this team. And while Winnipeg is better equipped, I would say, to handle it this year than they were in the past couple of seasons, the Jets still have a lot of work to do. Um, and I think it's going to come down to a very uneven first half of the season. I Again, I still think the Jets do comfortably make the playoffs, but I think until Winnipeg kind of gets to the trade deadline and can start maybe moving some assets, I do think the Jets are going to have to ride with what they've got. And that could be a bit of a scary proposition, right? The defense, um, Dylan and Schmidt have have really nosedived. Uh, that I did not expect. 
I know uh, I talked about it on the previous previous episode, and I'm not trying to like really single out players, but the fact that they have been so bad to start the season is really alarming because Schmidt still got term and Dylan is supposed to be one of our most defensively reliable players. It might just be that it's like a stylistic thing. Maybe they really just can't play together, but you know, I don't know. I mean, the stuff that Dylan's struggling with is stuff that he traditionally hasn't had that many issues with. Schmidt just seems like a shell of himself and it really hurts to see him, you know, look like he just can't keep up anymore. But, you know, it's kind of like what happened with Wheeler, right? You hit your 30s and time seems to catch up to you very quickly. And with Schmidt, it has basically caught him. So, you know, I think for Winnipeg, um, this year, next man up is going to be a really big mentality. I think we have to see it from some of the newcomers like Ayafalo and Kupari, who seemingly are very game for it. They uh, have immediately stepped up. I think that we've seen really exciting flashes. Kupari in particular, I, I keep telling people, I think he's got super underrated skill. And I feel like maybe the Kings shouldn't have let him go just yet. There's under, like, I, I would say untapped potential with him. I wouldn't say undiscovered because he was drafted pretty highly and was a pretty well-regarded prospect. But I think at the NHL level, I'm seeing signs that there is more of a player there, kind of in the same way that Barron is. Uh, I think they're they're really going to want to see these younger players develop and progress to a level where, you know, they're comfortably middle six. I think the Jets really need them to be comfortable uh, taking elevated roles because I think the Jets this year could deal with injuries on a pretty routine basis. We're already seeing a number of guys going down this year. Kirby Doc just tore his ACL and MCL, which is really terrible, Um, especially after such a promising season last year. You know, his whole year now is just done. And not only the season, but you do kind of worry for the longevity of his career. What is that that ligament damage going to do to him? So far, the Jets haven't really had any ACL stuff, but with Velarde's knee perhaps having some sort of ligament damage, we have to, uh, you know, just assume that at some point this kind of stuff is going to bite Winnipeg and the Jets are going to have to really take this step by step. Um, I think, you know, the the first half of the season is going to be inconsistent. I think some nights the Jets are going to look like the best team in the league. And then there are going to be nights where the defense can't get the puck out of its own end and Bones struggles with in-game adjustments. So, Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is probably to try and not overreact. I think there are some things that the Jets really need to do. Um, I think they definitely need to bring in another middle six uh, attacker that much. I think we have kind of confirmed, but they really need the most help on the back end. That is still a sore spot. That is something that the Jets really have to work on. Uh, It's something that I think they can fix at least partially internally, but they've got to do it sooner rather than later. I think at least just figuring out if Chisholm can play for either one of Dylan or Schmidt would be really helpful. Declan is a great attacking presence. He's very mobile. And I think, you know, cycling him in and giving him some NHL experience also, you know, we'll push the veterans to work harder and be better. Um, and I, I just feel like his skill set is kind of one thing the Jets are genuinely missing on the back end. So we'll see how that shakes out. I, I know that Heinola really had a spot almost nailed down before his ankle fracture. So um, when he comes back, it'll be interesting interesting to see what happens with Schmidt or Dylan's roles. Because those guys, I, I have to imagine Dylan's probably the safest, but Schmidt, maybe not so much. 
But until then, we just have to sort of wait and see and, and hope that the Jets can kind of navigate this. I think Winnipeg really needs a couple of guys to step up and kind of anchor that like middle six role. That's where I think the Jets really could use help because it'll allow them to kind of push some of the existing guys up a little bit further and ask them to take on, you know, increased roles as the injuries start to mount. But let's hope that it doesn't get to that point. But I, I got to say, I am expecting it this year. Let me know how you think the Jets are going to do this season. Do you feel that they're on the right path to the playoffs? Do you think that they're going to narrowly miss? Or do you think that they're just a bad team and they're not going to make it very far? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. I will probably be back tomorrow with uh, coverage of the, of the, the Knights game. Hopefully it ends better than the Kings game, but... Yeah. <laughs> All that said, thanks for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.